Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast, Cutting the Chicane. Sorry, the content has dropped out once again. I did do that article on Nikki Lauda, if anyone saw it, which was so fun to write. I think you can probably see in my writing as well, but I love Nikki Lauda. Like, it's so sad that he died in 2019. I cried, not gonna lie. Um, anyways, today I have a new guest because Bart ditched me. I'm not gonna lie. Bart is working overtime. Sad Bart cannot be here with us today. And I also gave Morgan a few weeks off as well. So instead today, we have Sam. Hello. There we go. Hi. So, Hungary, Budapest. Interesting track. Obviously we had the rivalry in the fight of Silverstone last time, which I think is kind of still stuck in our minds. I think Hamilton and Verstappen are still trying to get over it. Because obviously the media has been like, boom, 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 fights. They hate each other. And actually, when they were in the pit lane after Hungary, oh no, it was still after Silverstone, they fist bumped in the pit yeah. lane. And I was like, suck it. They're not that that they're not that much enemies like they i think it's just comp- then, competition like yeah i just think that the media is trying to hype up everything so that the fans also get more excited about it yeah but yeah the fact that you said about the hungry track i have heard that people call it the monaco without walls yeah the monaco without walls yeah because yeah. there's literally no place to ever take on it which is kind of the order for qualifying kind of sets the tone for the rest of the race yeah. until Bottas comes on in with this new cover thing and just destroys the whole thing. <laughs> okay, so now we are on the race directly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, screw screw us for all the practices and qualifying. Who needs that? Race is race. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> just give us some Bottas's. Oh. oh my gosh did you oh i know i will get to that i'm gonna write that down and i will literally remember to say that because it was so funny there we go right okay practice one alonso spins in like his first lap i think <laughs> yeah that probably was just pre- that was pretty bad first time on the track in session practice session so he's gonna obviously he's not been on it for a year as well probably just mistake of him running off you losing traction not a big deal yeah uh, i think he was a bit confident with this uh track because he's already once uh, like he's won in 2003 over here as uh, his first pole win and he also won the race as well and became the youngest driver to win a Grand Prix. So that was pretty sick. So I think he's pretty familiar with the track. And Yeah, maybe overconfident just, in it. So he's yeah. kind of, yeah, overcooked it and then gone off the road. Um, yeah. Yuki, our little rookie, who's the size of a pea, yeah. crashed twice. Twice. And has the anger anger issue of Godzilla. <laughs> like you could like poke him and he'd like break your face. Hundred percent. Yeah. 
he's got so much stress built up in his head and there's not one race that he doesn't curse his engineer he's like oh fuck oh fuck i fucked it up again i'm sorry guys <laughs> it's more when they're just trying to tell him stuff and he's like shut the fuck up guys <laughs> it's not even like a it's not even like when Lando Norris says he's like Guys, just be quiet. We're racing. And then there's a Yuki that's like, shut up! <laughs> he, he kind of gives me the angry vibes of Kimi. Like, yes! I had once heard a radio when he said that, I know what I'm doing, guys. Just amplify that bit. That's Yuki for you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that meme where it was like a little pink fluff ball with a knife. And then it had Yuki. <laughs> <laughs> oh that was funny but yeah he think he went off at turn five if i remember correctly yeah. and then yeah, he also then right, bum shuffled into the wall in his second crash as well much like france yeah. i think he has a thing for belly dancing he might want to take classes you know <laughs> yeah his, his car is actually into that shit i just saw that thing in france wiggle the butt yeah the wiggle thing <laughs> <laughs> That's, that was only because the transmission wanted to go forwards, I think, and then the car was just going backwards, which was why it created the boogieing effect. <laughs> that, that's, that's really amazing. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yay! Engineering! I am an engineer. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, the, the track temperature. It was so much, like, like outside the weather temperature was just like around 20 or 30 degrees celsius but oh. on the track it was it was like 60 degrees celsius oh i wish Everything it was 60 was... degrees over here it's like 15 and i'm freezing my ass off you'd literally melt in 60 as far as i know mm, yeah fair enough 25 though would be quite <laughs> nice I think the hot weather here has kind of dropped off a little bit, don't you think? Like, I just hit my microphone. Sorry, guys, if you heard that. But I have something in my eye, and my eyeball hurts. And I'm trying to get it out, but I keep hitting my microphone. Right, I need to stop before all you can hear is... <laughs> right, is that all you got? Because I've got FP3, something for F- FP3. Um, oh, here we go. Wait, I- <laughs> I still have one more thing for uh, the tire temperatures and all. On your three I... full A4 pages of notes that you made. <laughs> nah, just, just listen to me, all right. <laughs> so Mazepin's worries were not the tire temperatures at all. It's he his car. His, his entire car is just... <laughs> his entire no. car is a worry. <laughs> it no. is a death trap. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's obviously there. But apart from that fact, he also mentioned to his engineer that, like, quote unquote, my feet are massively burning, especially on the left side. Like, everyone was having problems with the temperature and the tire degradation. But he was like, my foot's on fire, guys. Tell me what to do. (laughs) (laughs) That's the main reason that he always spins. Maybe. Maybe. Which way does this he bo- does he spin a particular way? Because if it's towards the left <laughs> side, that might be why. 
<gasps> we figured out his secret. <laughs> we cracked the code. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get a meeting with Gunter right now. <laughs> we know the problem. A fucking meeting we're gonna get with them right now. <laughs> Okay, anything for practice two? Uh, no. I got I'm practice clean. three. Mick Me Schumacher too. has his crash, which obviously stops him from competing in qualifying full stop, which was yeah. a shame. His engineers probably did do a very good job at trying to get that car to work, much like um, in Monaco when Max first started out in his Red Bull and he pushed it too hard at one of the turns, went into the wall, and his engineers yeah. were just like, we can't get this fixed in time. There's no way. So he has to start at the back of the grid. Comparisons there, yes. I think yes, Max yes. Is, was a very much an upcoming driver during that, and obviously Mick is starting to get used to He's got to carry his massive legacy of his father. So I think he's trying, in a sense, to prove that to everyone, that he's not just daddy's money as well, much like... Mazapin. Mazapin. Mazapin, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, Lance Stroll, you could say, but obviously he does have talent in comparison to Mazapin. Yeah, we, we clearly saw that in the pink Mercedes when he... Pink Mercedes. <laughs> That's how I rate every, grid, uh, every car on the grid. It's like the silver Mercedes, the pink Mercedes, the green Mercedes, the papaya Mercedes. So yeah. Um we had Antonio Giovinazzi with an unsafe release into the side of Lance Stroll in the pit lane. It was only a small touch, but Lance was like quick the front wing check the pressures so guys. Check the pressures and they're like yeah, pressure's fine. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and did you see the front wing of that car? It was wiggling so much. Yeah. Like I, I just thought but that he would have to fit there was a thing ahead. with Alfa Romeo with unsafe releases this weekend. Because we had Kimi Raikkonen. He had an unsafe release and Mazepin went into the back of him as well. Yeah. Poor so Mazepin, maybe it was I just felt a bad theme. for him for the first time. Alfa Romeo was just feeling, <laughs> I know, let's just not release safely this weekend. We're feeling chaotic. Let's add a bit of spice yeah, to this weekend. Yeah, good Good yeah. pit stops, nah. I'm talking about good pit stops, <laughs> nah. <laughs> okay, qualifying. Um, George Russell. Sad times for him. He did not even make it into so Q2. Sad. Maybe he just wasn't with I mean, it with this the is car. The first time. I think so. Yeah. First time this he didn't the first make time it in this in this yeah. season. That he has yeah. not made it. Ah, <sighs> Williams. That was, that was so sad. I think... I just had some hopes. Yeah, I think this weekend Go. that George has proved, I think, that he can get into this Mercedes. Into the Mercedes seat. I do think, as much as I don't think he should, uh. because I think it will ruin his chances of wanting to compete against Hamilton. I think he should wait until Hamilton retires. Otherwise, he's going to be, what, a second behind him, half second behind him each time, which is just going to stress him out even more. Um, but equally, I do think that 
Russell in a Mercedes would be insane because he's such a good and such a capable driver. And I think Bottas is slightly past his time at the Mercedes. And I think he's getting a little bit bored of being the second driver. I know that's what he was signed to do, like James said last time. But at the same time, he shouldn't be compromised just because he is the second driver. He should be allowed to race like any other driver that is on the grid. So hopefully they won't compromise Russell as much because he's I feel like he's a very, very capable, very young driver that could do well for Mercedes. Okay. Um, but yeah. For that point, I'd, for that point, I'd like to say that, um, yeah, sure thing that James and everyone else tries to put Bottas down, like let Hamilton pass. Like almost every alternate race, we see that on an average. But since considering the fact that you're in a Mercedes. Like, everyone knows that's the fastest car on the grid right now. So without a doubt, it should always be, like, one and two for the Mercedes, the front row lockout. But it never is the case with Bottas. He's not that often uh, that he's second in a race, which, which proves the point that he, as I like to call him, he drives like a truck driver. <laughs> <laughs> and... So instead, and also I came, uh, I came to know that Russell is going to be testing the 2022 car for Mercedes. Yes, for legend. That is such a sick thing. I'm so excited for that. I have a tussle over whether Russell is going to join Mercedes or is, is it the reserve driver for Mercedes that's going to drive? Um, drive? It's Nick DeVray something. I don't know. <laughs> Have you heard, have you I think heard I have. I know that obviously George was the reserve driver in 2020 for Mercedes in Sakia, wasn't it? Um, yeah. So also considering the fact, like if suppose I were George Russell and I was in a, a Williams, I wouldn't consider being shadowed um, behind the front wing of Lewis all the time because just consider the fact that he's in a, he's in the slowest car on the grid right now. I think it's a tussle between Haas and them, but still. Anyways, it's more like he's kind of tired of losing, uh, like coming out of the points each and every time. So I think it would be more of a morale boost for him, even if he gets to score points and still come up behind Lewis. And but if you think about scared. it, though... He's in the slowest, one of the slowest cars on the grid. But he, at the minute, he's getting, what, P9, P8? So think what he could yeah. do in the fastest car on the grid. <laughs> um, one person I was very, very disappointed in this weekend was Daniel Ricciardo. His pace this weekend was atrocious. So bad. Like, I don't yeah. think I've ever seen him drive this bad in a McLaren. I understand that obviously he was at the beginning of the race, he was hit by the massive ensemble of cars that just gelled together in a big mush. He obviously, his pace, he didn't even make it into Q3, which kind of says something about his pace this weekend. Yeah, but. Compared to the other cars and the leaders, he didn't have that much of a damage. 
in comparison. Like it was just like, like touching him and then he just spun around. But to his engineer, he was like, I had a pretty big spin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that, that's Australians for you, you know. You, they, they like to exaggerate stuff. <laughs> yeah. Dingo baby. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> okay. Um, I also want to mention Sonoda again because he's lost pace over the last few races as well. Um, he, obviously, he started off in Bahrain with a great race, P9. He finished in for a rookie on a first F1 race. That's really good. Yeah. He also had his um, even better finish in Baku, P7. Um, but he kind of he's kind of starting to drop off a bit. Spain. Um, yeah, Spain. He didn't even finish. Yeah, that was there. But I think it was mainly because of the Friday practice sessions that actually made him lose his confidence, I think. He just didn't, even if his car had the pace like that of Pierre's, he just didn't have the confidence to just set a good lap time and get into Q2 at minimum. Yeah. Q2, Carlos Sainz has a crash at the final corner. Um, clearly, what I remember from watching it, his tires and his engine got way too hot. And then the wind just kind of took him from behind and, yeah, stabbed him in the back of it, really. <laughs> that was so spot on. That's exactly what happened. Because the tire temperatures at the rear and the wind from the back of the car as well, just, uh, and all these new cars in F1, they have such a, like, I would say, a very fragile aero package on them. Just one twitch here and there, and then everything just goes in one direction, and it's all downhill from there. Yeah, they kind so, of yeah, lose that's... the downforce even slightly. Carlos's crash brought out a red flag. He somehow managed to keep his engine running, and I thought that he would make it back to the pits. But then his wing so went all... under the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> It's oh, like his front was so wing bad. was like, nope, you're not going anywhere. Nope. <laughs> um, yeah, so then obviously Ricardo didn't make it into Q3. What else do I have on my notes? And did you see how fast Alonso was? Like he was only yes. plus 0.8 from Verstappen before Hamilton went over the line. Like, as I like to sum it up, it's this weekend was probably totally for Alpine. Oh, yeah. Like hand, Alpine had the best weekend ever. Throughout, throughout the practice sessions, the quality, all the race, like both Ocon and Alonso were just nailing each and every sector of the yeah. race. Yeah. I felt really bad for Ricardo in Q2 because Vettel just somehow managed to push him out of uh, Q2. That was quite sad. You ready for the race now? Can we go to the race, take, please? <laughs> take the stage. Norris! <laughs> <laughs> I knew that wine was coming from a mile away. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Do I get to do mine as well? Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Paul Bottas's fault. He ruined it. He ruined the race. <laughs> my my notes literally have it stated Bottas's fucked up start. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell we're different in some ways because mine is just crash at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, that's because you're trying to keep mo- all the things much more in a professional way for your podcast. Whereas I just don't care. I'm a I'm a guest over here tonight. But yeah, beginning of the race. Who did you think got away the best, and who do you think got away the worst? Um, I would say that Norris was the one who had the best start in the race. Eventually, he was like third by the first turn itself. Until, until uh, stop, <laughs> stop it, no. Ah! <laughs> Okay, the, the theory that me and my friends had whilst we were watching the race live was that he was given secret messages from Toto. And he was like, just go bang them up from behind and say, Toto says hi. <laughs> <laughs> there goes the Red Bull. <laughs> That's what so many people on social media have been saying, that it was a conspiracy that... Um, Instead of hitting Verstappen directly, they indirectly hit the Red Bulls. <laughs> so although it, the entire chaos was their fault, it was technically Norris that pushed Verstappen was... off the track. Yeah, but you cannot blame Norris for anything over here. Because oh, no. As... Yep. He, he was just a pawn in their plan. All the smooth operator vibes that we were getting from Norris just got completely reversed when Brotas's front left locked up. It was so sad to see all the best drivers of the race go down just one in, in one turn. We had Perez, Verstappen, Norris. Stroll was in there as well. Don't get me started at him. I hate him so much right now. He just just drove onto the grass like, yeah, I can see a couple of cars just banging into one another. And, whoa, what's that red car doing over there? Let me just have a Let's ride. Let's just and take the bodywork off of Leclerc's yeah. car, you know? Who yeah. doesn't like that red anyway? Smash. Yeah, yeah. That, that was so bad. I nearly cried my eyes out and I was so furious on daddy's money. That's what I called him at that moment. Stroll just ruined it. You ruined it. Oh, <laughs> look at your little face. <laughs> look at look at your little face for Norris as well. It's the same vibes. Yeah, but it's different. Norris yeah, is. <laughs> both of them got a DNF at the end, so I think both of them are equal. I'd say. Uh, no, because actually Norris retired after you. He did. He did. After me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You drove that but, Ferrari secretly. Yeah. <laughs> That's where no, you were I, at the weekend. <laughs> I wish. I wish you, that was You so weren't true. sleeping. You lied to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if I was actually driving in place of Leclerc, I don't think Stroll would be alive right now. 
I would just. I would you just would do a Michael Schumacher and go to the pit lane and just be like, bitch, straight yeah. up facts. <laughs> like, learn to drive in the vets. If you don't know, then ask your daddy how to do it. Don't keep crashing into us. We're trying to win a race over here, get a podium or something. But yeah, Paris didn't even make it to the first corner because Bottas smashed it into the side of him off the, the rebound of hitting Norris. <sighs> yeah, and, and at that incident, the most luckiest guy and the most um, cleverest, I would say, was Pierre because he was just about to go along with Perez as well, but he just managed to steer clear and then just join back with the rest of the gang. Yeah. So that was... 100 points for I that. I feel like at this point, the Haas were best at being in the back because they missed it all. <laughs> okay, uh. so the, the best thing that derived from turn one incident was that Norris still ha- maintained his third position in the Drivers' Championship because Bottas... His Bottas didn't get any points. And, and so did Perez. Like... All wow. three of them stagnant, so that is a good thing, and he's on the safe side, unlike my child, Charles. Poor boy. <laughs> How many uh, reels do you have of him on your phone, saved into your Instagram? <laughs> Lost count a year ago. <laughs> okay, next part of the race. Hamilton's one-man start. <laughs> <laughs> this <laughs> this was the most dramatic race start that I've ever witnessed in my because nobody else existence. was there. They were all in the pit lane, like doing the actual thing they were meant to be doing of switching onto those slicks. And then Hamilton yeah. was trying to be a smart ass, and then messed it up for the entirety of Mercedes because he had to go back in there to go on slicks anyway, which then meant Ocon was like, bye! (laughs) (laughs) And this, I just love this race because I have been dying for a wet race for the whole season now. Just after turn one incident, like just, it wasn't even one whole lap that got completed and suddenly there was so much brightness all around and then sun was like, turn up the heat, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> and still, I don't know what Mercedes was thinking. I, I don't know if it, if it was a team order or Hamilton just was being stubborn on being the fastest, even on the inters that time. But yeah, Ocon was so confused, like, what should I do? Should I pit, guys? Because Hamilton's staying out. What should I do? <laughs> Are we doing the right thing? Then Russell was like, yeah, everyone's uh, pitting, guys. Um, I'm just going to like go in there like, box, box, guys. Just come in. <laughs> like, everyone but Hamilton, honestly. What an idiot. And I was, waiting for, I was waiting for an incident in the pit lane as well. Yes, because there were so many cars in there. <laughs> it was... It was <laughs> There was havoc over there. 13 cars in the pit lane all at once. (laughs) And uh, somehow, when it was lights out and away we go, (laughs) it it should rather be edited to lights out and away I went. That was just (laughs) Hamilton. (laughs) And 
all the cars were stationary i could see that ocon and all the guys were lined up in the pit lane start waiting for the lights to go out but russell just comes up from behind and then just takes away and Sneak attack. the next yeah the next thing you realize is hamilton's first and russell's second i was like whoa mind blown <laughs> until russell's bad luck returns again <laughs> so but he bad. was such a brilliant teammate i think in this race because he knew that his because of his engine issues he knew that latifi was going to do better so he said to his team prioritize him because otherwise we're not going to get any points at all that is so true because he was such a sweetheart when he said to his race engineer and his exact words were i will box early to avoid the undercut for anyone else prioritize nikki and i was so amazed that was such a lovely lovely thing that he could yeah. have done so yeah yeah i think But the chemistry think the- between nikki and george has definitely grown because i think they're both now tired of not getting any points so i think now they're trying to work together to get there's no now they know they can get those points if they work together then yeah it's yeah. more of empathy than sympathy over here they both <laughs> understand the pain <laughs> <laughs> and both us both us should learn something from them over here see Uh I don't necessarily agree with that. I think he is a very sympathetic driver when it comes down to it because if you watch the after race interviews and this is the thing I wrote down earlier um he went round to all of the drivers Bottas himself went round to all the drivers and apologized to all of those people that he hit and caused the accident with he he went up to Norris Norris wasn't very receptive of his uh, apology he said um i'm yeah. sorry my bad and i think lando said fuck off or something like that um no <laughs> um but he is more receptive and more understanding than i think maybe lewis hamilton is because if you remember silverstone verstappen was in hospital and then hamilton was still celebrating waving his flag around and stuff like that which i guess in a way is kind of moving on from the situation but i still think it was very insensitive mm. to carry on yeah. celebrating That's but the then even after grosjean's crash in 2020 people carried on celebrating as well yeah, so he nearly it, died yeah so i guess you can say mm, it's kind of like a two-way three-way argument of whether you think that I guess it depends on whether you're a Hamilton fan or not. It's how you see it really. And none of us are. So Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. He stinks. He stinks bad. I just think he's really arrogant and stuff, so. Yeah. All the ego that is built up in him is so bad. Yeah. I mean, I'm all for his like um for his black lives matter. But obviously Seb the other day wore his rainbow um one love uh, t-shirt so that was nice and yeah. his mask as well yep yeah which was sweet it's a shame he got disqualified he didn't deserve it <laughs> just take yeah, the 0.3 liters <laughs> <laughs> that's all i have my pockets are empty <laughs> Like someone smuggling him. <laughs> like, that's all I have. We'll just take it. 
Take my take the dinner money. I can't give you any more. I don't have any more. Uh, yeah. Um. Obviously, back to that Mazpin and Raikkonen unsafe release that we had in the pit lane. What do you think about that? I think this it was Alfa Romeo's fault for oh, yeah. that unsafe release. <laughs> Raikkonen was just doing his own thing. I don't even th- even think the team ordered that. They just lifted it up, and then she was like, "Yeah, let's go for it." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I really think that Mazepin. Uh, I just feel bad for him for once. Yeah, like you life. don't want to, but you kind of have <laughs> yeah. to. Did you see Gunther in his chair though? He was like, <laughs> he was waving his arms <laughs> no. around. No, not that son of a bitch again. No. <laughs> Just like Kimmy uh, was trying to teach him a lesson for all the spins that he's caused. <laughs> yeah, but then, um, and I think he got a 10 second penalty for that, didn't he? Yes. So, yeah, I remember, I don't know how many laps later on when his engineer told him that you have a drive through penalty for 10 seconds, his words to his engineer were, So we are fucked again, aren't we? <laughs> Classic Kimmy. Oh. <laughs> I really, you know, when you really hope he doesn't leave. You know, I, I've said in my first few podcasts that he needs to leave to let other drivers come through, but you kind of don't want him to leave just because of this content. <laughs> exactly. The vibes that he gives just by talking to his engineer is all that I love about him right now. <laughs> Like the racing's not as good as he was earlier in Lotus and um, Ferrari, but definitely the stuff that he has to say in so less words is a class of. Where are my gloves? <laughs> Give me my gloves. Can I, can I have my drink? <laughs> somebody get me my gloves. <laughs> it's like poor Kimmy, just give poor guy his gloves. <laughs> And also, I think it was the last race or the last, last race where the race got finished. I don't remember which position he finished on, but the thing that his engineer was selling, it was a very good and brilliant race. Nice drive, Kimi, and everything. And he said, yeah, all that is okay, but that drink pipe is still behind my back. Can you get that fixed? You just have one job. Oh my God. Like he's such oh a diva. You don't expect how much of a diva he is because he's so chill all the time and he's just kind of no emotion ever. Even on his yeah. like picture that comes up on like um, his track positions and everything, he's just no emotion. But then he just comes up and he's such a savage diva. The <laughs> like kid oh. is like another kid's taken away his sweets or something and he's like, nah. <laughs> that's mine he just doesn't care what's there on the other side he just says whatever pops first in his mind yeah like, if it's a if it's a fuck you then fuck you <laughs> i don't <laughs> i don't want to change anything have you got anything else to say because i know hamilton's 14th to third as much as i hate to say it that was great like yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all we all we all liked it for the comments and to be as good and professional as we can. But deep inside, we all know how much we still hate him and he's a sucker. Yeah, as a yeah. journalist, yay, <laughs> Hamilton got 
so many places gained, but as a fan, ugh. <laughs> uh, yeah, you literally look like Kimmy right now. Hamilton did very good, and I am so happy for him. <laughs> okay, I'd say we're done. Thank you, Sam, for coming on to my podcast. It has been a pleasure. It's um, a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, we should do this again. It was fun. Okay, um, yeah. listeners, you can obviously find my Twitter and my Instagram on underscore cutting the chicane underscore. Um, feel free to twit me or DM me anything or comment on any of my um, posts that I've put on there. Um, my website is also mlwilfred.wixsite.com slash cutting the chicane. I can't even remember my own website. It was that. It was mlwilfred.wixsite.com forward slash cutting the chicane. Um, Sam has subscribed. Yay. Yay. <laughs> um, I'm such a big fan of your work. I have gone through all your podcasts and all of your articles. And the recent one that you wrote uh, for Nikki Laura was exceptional. It was so amazing. Loved it. Thank you. See, hear that, listeners? Go, go, uh, go watch it. Yeah, go watch my article. Um, <laughs> um, feel free, guys. I've got a new um, part of the website, which is fan art. So feel free to send me any of your drawings or anything like digital art, anything like that. And I will upload it or try and upload it on there. Um, but yeah. Thank you again, Sam, for coming on, and hopefully we'll see you again soon. It was a pleasure talking to you, Emma. See you, sir. See you again soon. <laughs> <laughs>